Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Singles Match Podcast. I am Jamie, and I will be the talking man today. Um, I'm trying to do, I'm doing a different thing here. Before, I did a review of Clash of the Castle and then uh, Worlds Collide, and then uh, I did a, a podcast for the week in wrestling just uh, the other day. Um, but I'm going to try to do you know, day of reviews, if I'm watching the show or something like that. Um, and if I don't watch the show uh, on the day or something, I might do a single reviews of things. Um, but let's just give it a shot. Let's do raw. Let's, you know, review it, talk about it and, uh, and, you know, theorize things and all that. Um, we'll find out, uh, what we think of it all, you know? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's take a look at uh and how it started so the show itself kicked off with uh seth rollins he comes out he talks and talks and talks he's uh, he actually doesn't talk all that much um he talks about you know wanting some gold again he's been away from gold kind of similar to kevin owens's old uh like earlier promo about him kind of not having gold for five years uh in wwe um but yeah, it was a simple enough promo. Then uh, then Riddle comes out again, and they kind of have a little brawl thing. Seems like they're leading to a rematch in Extreme Rules and some stipulation match would be my guess. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, but I think there's a, a further story furthering a little bit later next week. I think that uh, it's it's kind of blatant at this point. Um, but uh, But yeah, it was fun. Simple, and then uh, Seth Rollins kind of gets beat up and uh, instant packing. Then Riddle is standing in the ring, and out comes the Judgment Day, which was a nice little surprise. I uh, I like the idea of of uh, Judgment Day, you know, coming out uh, and and challenging Riddle. I think it's a cool kind of matchup, an interesting team up. I'm I'm kind of. I, I'm okay with it, but I'm kind of over the, the Judgment Day uh, and Mysterio Edge feud. Because I know that Edge doesn't have a lot more matches in him. And I don't want them to, like, harbor on it too much here. With, uh, with you know, them kind of spending most of the last little bits of his career. I, there's so many other matches that I want to see Edge have. So I'm hoping that they don't linger on this too, too much. But uh, I won't. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Unfortunately, I'd like to see you know Edge versus you know a myriad of people. Uh, I'd love to see him face you know uh, I don't know Theory, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Uh, really, you know Rollins. Uh, he's faced Rollins actually. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. But I love those matches, so that's fine. Uh, but yeah, like Gunter, I'd love to see him fight Gunter and kind of just get murdered. Uh, not really though, because I love him. But anyways, uh, it was good. We this uh, ended up kind of setting up Judgment Day coming out to to kind of try to recruit, um, try to recruit Riddle, and uh, he denies obviously because he's a baby face. Um, and then we have a match: Balor versus Riddle. Apparently, this is the second match they've ever had. Uh, so that's, you know, piece of history, I suppose. Um, but, uh, but yeah, throughout the match, Priest gets involved here and there. Ray ends up running in at some point, uh, to stop Priest's interference. Um, but then Rollins comes up, uh, comes out and, uh, and gets stopped by, uh, by Riddle. 
but during his attempt at stopping Seth, Balor comes from behind, hits him with the uh, the reverse lifting reverse DDT thing, uh, Bloody Sunday, formerly known as. I don't know if it's still called that. Um, but uh, then he hits him with the coup de gras, coup de grace, and uh, and he picks up the win. And uh, finally, Balor gets a singles win when what feels like not a long time because I think he beat Ray or whatever, but uh, it's good to see him get wins as like the kind of leader of the faction. Um, but, uh, but yeah, po- post-match Rollins comes out, takes him out with a curb stomp. And again, further in that feud, simple stuff, easy stuff, good stuff for the most part. Uh, it seems like the judgment day are going to be the, the kind of dusty finish crew. And we'll, we'll cut, touch more on that in the end uh, of the show. But uh, but yeah, that seems to be kind of their role here. Winning, but in uh, in dusty ways. Um, and so we move on and, uh, and we get a bunch of these throughout the night. So I'm going to try to kind of combine them all here and uh, and just break it down. So we have uh, some Dom, uh, Dominic Mysterio, Ray Mysterio, and, uh, and Rhea Ripley stuff throughout the night. It starts with uh, with a Dominic promo. He's kind of like in darkness, and he's wearing black, and he's just staring at the camera and, and talking to uh, to Ray, explaining his you know his his reason behind turning. You know, it was good. Dom's not great at promos. Still, he's still young. He still hasn't gotten a ton of reps in or anything like that. But uh, the the you know the explanation behind it was was good. It, it explained very well. Um, what and and it makes sense and stuff i mean there's a myriad of reasons that dom could have turned on his dad who's been just oh man he's such a bad dad man uh but but in this in this one it it makes sense he said that uh that he's like he's been in his father's shadow he's kind of feels like his dad was taking the reins not allowing him to kind of be his own man i was going to be his own man and he's taking control and and all that stuff um he throughout the promo he was like breathing super heavily Uh, i don't know if the mic was just too close to his mouth or what but he was like every every and and he the way he delivered the promo because you know he's not super polished in in that field he was kind of saying it in chunks as if he was like this i have to remember this part i have to remember this part and this follows this part so it was kind of segmented um not necessarily where it needed to be segmented um but i feel like i'm kind of nitpicking especially with uh with such a young kind of up and coming talent um but in all in all he did well for uh, for a first you know kind of this is kind of like his first singles promo which is wild to think that he's been in the, in the company for a couple of years at this point um but it was good it was fine uh and then in the end as he's staring down and, and finished his his words Rhea comes in whispers something into his ear all you know ooh, dom poppy Rhea, kind of whatever anyways um uh later in the night we get some uh we get ray coming up to dominic and kind of apologizing. He didn't know that he was doing this to his son and blah, blah, blah. Dom just doesn't say anything, doesn't look at him at all. Um, and uh, and at one point, Ray kind of like, in a way, he threatens Dom by saying that Edge is like going to kick his ass, which was very funny because 
that's not a way to get on the good side of your son, but uh, whatever, Ray. You know, you try, you try your your ways, man. I don't know, whatever floats your boat, I suppose. Um, but and then uh, and then Rio comes in after that. It was kind of a long apology too. Uh, Ray was like uh, talking to him for a while. He got nothing from Dom, so really. I would just give up at that point. It's, but he kept going and digging his own hole and and whatever. But you know, Rhea comes in after that and just basically all she says is, uh, "Is you heard him? He said that he's a man now." And then he's like, "She's like, come, Dom." And if that's not an allegory for something, I don't know what is. Um, uh, we then move on to uh, to a little uh, short theory in Alpha Academy promo um the only notable part about this aside from theory kind of squatting up with alpha academy is they confirm that we're going to get johnny uh gargano versus chad gable which is going to be a great match and we'll talk about that in a minute um but also uh chad gable calls him johnny shoosh uh which i fucking love uh shoosh thank you um but uh thank you but yeah, it was a fun little promo. Then we move on to the women's tag team title match between Damage Control and Back and Bougie. Um, I finally heard uh, Damage Control's theme for the first time here, and I don't know if I like it all that much. I don't know. I'm still kind of indecisive on it. It's not. I wouldn't say it's great by any means, but I might. Uh, I'll probably you know learn to love it at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that the the biggest kind of realization here for me was that Aaliyah's improved quite a lot already. Um, she's she's really coming along nice nicely, and and it's really nice to see her growth uh, as a performer. She's she's still you know she's still young and and everything, but she's she kind of it kind of feels like she's putting more showmanship and everything she's kind of taking the moments and, and letting things breathe a little bit more and showing a little bit more fire and everything so it i, I don't know who's who's kind of helping her or, or if anybody's helping her or if it's just like ch- throw her in the deep end and see how she swims but uh she's killing it i think she's she's really going above and beyond uh in her role here um as a little, a little baby face um the match as a whole was really really fun the crowd was a little bit of a roller coaster throughout the match they were kind of up and down sometimes they were really hot for it sometimes they kind of died down i thought the pacing of the match though was really good so i was surprised at that but uh the ending i will say did fall a little bit flat with uh with the finish but in the end it did finish with uh with dakota and eo finally picking up those titles uh, it was very nice to see. Good for them. Dakota Kai won her first title in WWE. I'm so happy. I'm so so happy for her. Like she's she's done so much great work throughout the years and such great character work and these character moments. And they never really gave her this chance to kind of run with the the top title. Um, so I'm really happy to see her kind of win this. And she won the title by beating not pinning but beating Raquel Gonzalez. So. That little story that never really got to get finished in uh, in NXT kind of, you know, 
kind of shines through here a little bit. But you won with the chiropractor on Aaliyah, and it was really, really well sold by Aaliyah. Again, showing how much she's improved. Um, it's a great finish. I love that move so much. Uh, but uh, it was kind of anticlimactic. I think that, I think that they've got to start incorporating and coming up with some tag team finishes. Um, because when you hit a tag team finish, especially in a tag team match, it kind of feels more like the culmination, like the end all, uh, of the match. This one, it, you could see the, the, that it was coming, but it didn't, I don't know. It just felt a little bit kind of, it felt a little bit flat for me. And I think the crowd kind of, they had it, they, they enjoyed it afterward, but it kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. Um, but the matchup was so, so good. I love Io and Raquel together at any point because, you know, the big little dynamic is always really fun. Um, there was a point that Aaliyah seemed to hurt her shoulder. Um, I don't know if she actually hurt her shoulder or if she was just, you know, getting good at selling or what, but she, she showed out, man. And, uh, and I hope she's okay because she sold it well if, uh, if it wasn't real. Um, but yeah, really well done. The tag team titles change hands. I think the reason that they didn't win originally was because it would be kind of hard to, you know, work around not putting all the titles on the line, given the characters in the match um, at uh, Clash of the Castle, to not have put all of the titles on the line in that match. And maybe they didn't want to you know, have all the titles change hands that quick or the the women's cha- the raw women's championship change hands that quick. That's my only thought as to why they didn't give it to damage control or just, you know, Triple H is a big fan of those kind of like early victors kind of losing the titles pretty quick. The same thing happened with the women's tag titles in, uh, in NXT as well. So it's interesting. We'll f- maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. I don't know, but uh, it was a really, really fun match. Bo- uh, all members of the teams and stuff were really good. Bailey outs on the outside is always a ton of fun. She's her her like uh, trash talk and stuff's always really, really fun. Uh, and then we move on to probably probably match of the night. I think it's pretty much match of the night was Gable uh, Chad Gable versus Johnny Gargano. It was so damn good. It was like I want to say. 15 minutes or something a really really lengthy match ton of time it uh really what i say is not gonna do it justice the the biggest issue i had with the match was that johnny gargano at the start of the match and and, and at the start of the match i didn't like it happening there he got the upper hand in like an, a wrestling like ground mat game kind of kind of space uh, off the bat he kept like out wrestling chad gable who's a an Olympic level wrestler. And to me, that just kind of, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't click really well with me. Cause it, it didn't, it didn't like Barry Gable's ability, but it felt like he, I don't know. It, 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 I mean, it did help raise Johnny's stock, I think, but I don't know. Gable's just so good. And he, I don't know, he's, like, the wrestling thing is his kind of gimmick, basically, so him kind of getting out-wrestled was a bit weird. I'm just gonna say weird. I don't know if I hate it or what, but it's weird, Uh, but the match was incredible, really, really fun, uh, and a great finish as well. Uh, We see, uh, we see Otis kind of try to get involved, and, uh, but, you know, Johnny kind of outsmarts and outmaneuvers, and then, you know, Chuck's Gable back in the ring. They uh, he hits one final beat. The 
slingshot DDT. Great move. I love that move so much. Um, though there is a bit of setup in it, but I love it anyway. Um, and then he wins. Johnny Gargano wins his debut match. It's a really, really fun moment. I also got to see Johnny Gargano debut uh, in Toronto when I was at the the show, which I'm so, so happy for and really awesome uh, moment to see for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, post-match, Otis comes in to try to take down Gargano. Gargano keeps you know dodging him. He hits him with a couple of super kicks and Otis doesn't fall, so that would put him over pretty well. Um, and then, uh, Gable does, uh, or isn't that Gable? Uh, Gargano does a suck it, uh, taunt at Otis and, 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 f- and runs away. It was really, really funny. Um, but then he gets jumped by Theory in the, in the post-match and, uh, Theory kind of celebrates with, uh, with Alpha Academy. Simple stuff in the end, you know, still furthers feuds and everything like that. Um, but then after commercial break, we come back to the ring theories in the ring he's talking some trash and stuff he's getting oh i felt so bad for him he kept getting what chance galore he was he was trying his best man he was trying he but i think that he's he's got a long way to go in terms of a lot of different aspects he's he's very talented in a lot of ways even on the mic he's really good but it just doesn't it feels like he's really he's really trying to be a heel uh in like not the best ways you know he's like the what he did in this one was he was he trashed uh the uh the portland sunset they were in portland oregon uh he was like your sunset's bunk and stuff It it was it it didn't really click all that well is basically what i'm saying here um he calls gargano a bottom feeding fish uh who's at the bottom of the food chain, uh, but he gets what chance uh, so much. like and, and he keeps trying to fight back against them, which was good. He, he like came up with some witty little uh, little moments and stuff, but it you could tell it frazzled him a little bit, and it's very upsetting because every time that happens, I feel so bad for the wrestlers because they're you know, just trying to get the story forward and the crowd's kind of making it all about them and kind of messing with the steez of the wrestlers and that's never fun um i'm sure it's fun in the audience but i don't know i don't find it entertaining at all um in the audience or out of the audience but you know beggars can't be choosers i suppose um but uh but yeah uh he gets interrupted uh inevitably by kevin owens just like i believe it was last week same thing happened owens uh kind of you know talks trash about him then kind of gets fired up he's like you're a, a dime a dozen people like me, people like Johnny Gargano, the the indie guys, the you know the not you know not muscular ripped kind of guys uh, at the top of this business. We're you know one in a million, and he's like, um, you, you know you haven't had to to, to fight for things, uh, so you don't have passion or something like that. Um, and he's like, prove me wrong, prove me wrong, prove that my thought of you as not some lazy, you know, wannabe kind of arrogant piece of shit, um, deserves, you know, what you have and all that. Prove me wrong was kind of his whole thing. Don't rest on your laurels, give the crowd all you have, uh, you know, kind of, kind of pushing him and teaching him how to become the face of WWE and, and he, and Kale got so fired up in this. And I mean, he's one of the best on the mic in the world right now. Maybe my top, my favorite 
him or you know him or Joe Samoa Joe and AEW probably my two like top mic guys. Um, but uh, but he gets really fired up. He's pushing and poking, and then Austin's like, "You suck. You're never gonna be like me, dude." And then Kale's like, "Oh my god, you you haven't listened to one word I said." And he's like, "Okay, if you're not gonna listen to my words, maybe you'll listen to this." And he punches him. Uh, and they get into a brawl. Triple H, uh, over the past couple of weeks, it looks like he's a big, big fan of those pull-apart brawls. He's a big fan of those. He has them every week. Oh, man, I'm tired. Um, long show, uh, but uh, but a fun show. Uh, yeah, pull-apart brawl to kind of end. At some point, uh, Austin gets busted open. Kevin, in not caught on mic, but he was like uh, like caught on the camera mic. He mentioned, like, I broke your nose. I'll break the rest of you, bitch, or something like that. Um, so maybe he broke a nose. I don't know, but he started. He he was bleeding at uh, some point in there. Um, but a great great moment, really really fun. Uh, seems uh, and they're going to be having a match next week as well, um, which is exciting. I mean, they had one last week as uh, I think so. I don't know. Uh, I mean, they're great wrestlers, so it's not going to be a bad match, obviously. I'm just interested to to see what kind of story they kind of go forward with this. But I think that Kevin Owens is going to bring a lot out of theory in terms of Mike stuff and, and kind of charisma and the way he carries himself and the way he performs. I think Owens has like a plethora of knowledge that he can provide to uh, to theory um, to push him for, forward in the industry. Um, and then a little fun uh, surprise thing. We see that uh, Bella Porch is uh, going to be doing one of the themes for Extreme Rules. So that was a surprise for me. Uh, I don't know if they mentioned that last week. I didn't really see much of the, the show last week. But uh, but her being one of the themes is is really awesome, especially for like widening the audience of WWE and kind of bringing it into the mainstream and, and kind of getting more eyes on it, which uh, never hurts. So that's awesome to see song was really cool uh, at least the the clip that they uh, they showed there um so exciting 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 then we move on to bianca belair uh coming out she cuts a little bit of a promo and then does a little open challenge they mentioned that she was doing one last week and this is it it's answered by none other than sonia deville they bring up some stuff with uh with sonia being uh, or, or Bianca kind of leading to Sonya being fired as the the official that she used to, the, the role she used to have, um, which was really fun, really nice continuity, you know, carrying through. Um, but yeah, Sonya answers it. It was a fun moment. Uh, and then Bianca's like, oh my gosh, all you do is talk. How about we fight? It's an open challenge, not an open mic. Uh, was a, a very clever line, really fun line. Um, but yeah. The match was fun. I really enjoyed the match, but the commentary during the match, they it was so much. Corey especially was was like really taking away from it for me. They didn't talk about the match barely at all. Jimmy Smith kept trying to get back to the match, but Corey kept tur- changing the topic and everything. It was so ups- uh, upsetting. I'm hoping I'm hoping that they kind of transition like this him getting more into the like specifics of the matches themselves and stuff is kind of like leading to him transitioning to become a manager because i think he'd do really really well as a manager um but he's just so obnoxious he kept yelling at byron saxton and and stuff which like they that's been their their shtick for the longest time but 
I don't know. This this match in particular, I didn't really listen to much of the commentary, unfortunately. I could I, I was doing other things that needed audio stuff um, throughout, but uh, he might have been, you know, obnoxious throughout the whole night, but I mostly caught it in during this match that it kind of really took away from it. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I want, I would like him to kind of transition away from commentary because I think he'd provide a lot more in the role of a manager than he does on commentary. Um, and I'd like to see other people on, like other commentary people get a, get a shot and get, get, you you know, try, try it out basically. Cause I'd love to see Nigel McGinnis, um, on some sort of commentary team somewhere on main roster. Cause I really like him. There was talks at some point that Moro Ronaldo might be brought back, which I'm never opposed to because I love that man. Um, but uh, but yeah. Anyways, match was really fun. Uh, commentary took away from it, but what can you do? Bianca wins with a KOD for the win. After the match, uh, we got a Bailey coming out. Uh, she also got wooded a lot, which was so upsetting. Um, but she basically, you know talks about how she beat uh, she pinned Bianca Belair and she kind of runs down the women's division saying that you know or, or no not not the women's division she runs down Bianca uh, saying that she was like she she wants the match with Bailey she knows that she wants the match with Bailey because she got pinned and she wants to rectify that um, and then Bianca's like come on yeah bring it on I'll fight you Bailey's like no we're, we'll we'll meet don't you worry we'll meet but uh but it'll be on my terms, so don't you don't you worry there, son. Um, and then uh, Belair keeps you know trying to get her to come in, come in the ring, but uh, she ends up getting surrounded, a la Shield, a la the Shield, a little bit. Uh, she gets surrounded by Damage Control. Each of the members kind of take a side of the ring, um, and uh, and it was good. It was nice. It was a little bit weird because they were standing on the on the apron, but. Uh, Belair was so focused on Bailey, even though they were like kind of like in her periphery, and it was kind of hard not to see them. I would assume, um, but it was fun. It was really good. They kind of beat her down, and then Oscar and Alexa Bliss make the save, uh, making the the bad the baddies run away or or you know, chasing them off and, and standing tall in the end. Simple enough, uh, simple enough moment there. Uh, we then get uh a little bit uh return i guess a return he's been away he was away last week and then he was there two weeks ago or something he's like a every two a bi-weekly wrestler i suppose is omos um omos uh, has a two-on-one uh squash match with with some uh some no names some local talent um i believe i've seen one i believe there was like one guy with blonde hair who I think was in the first Terminus show. I watched that on uh, on Fight, and uh, his look really stuck with me, and I kind of remember him. I think it's Invictus Nash was the name, if I'm remembering right. Um, but you know, it's an Omas uh, an Omas match, so you know, the in ring stuff's not the greatest by any means, but he he you know he he gave it his all. He. They're trying to, I think they're trying to make him kind of Braun Strowman-esque, where he's kind of a big guy but moves really fast, but he's not a big moving guy, like he doesn't move all that fast. Uh, it was interesting. I don't know. I don't know if that's the way I'd go with him. 
Um, but I'm excited and interested to see if they're going to continue forward with things or if they're just going to use him as kind of like a an attraction kind of guy to do some squash matches here and there, maybe beat some more, you know, name, some, some bigger name talent uh, eventually or what. But I would really, really like to see they were kind of starting something with Veer as well, where Veer was, uh, Vermahan was kind of also doing squash matches. And I'd be interested to see if they just keep squashing, each of them keep squashing somebody. And then they kind of build up uh, to a match between the two where, you know, Veer versus Amos and they, you know, fight. And then there I would like to see Veer beat Amos, but, you know, uh, I, I assume they probably give it to Amos in the end. Um, anyways, I, I hope that's what they do, but who knows if that is what they'll do. Uh, but yeah, Amos wins, obviously. He does a uh, double one of his finishers, uh, one one to each of the, his opponents, stacks them on top. Uh, MVP tells him to stack them on top of each other, pins them both at the same time, and uh, and stands tall. It was nice. It was good. Uh, a simple enough you know, squash match. N- nothing big, nothing little there. Uh, and then we quickly get a little uh, little discussion between uh, Edge and Ray. Ray's like, please don't beat up my son. And Edge is like, I'm going to beat up your son. Uh, he needs to learn. He said he's a man. Let's see if he can take it like a man and yada, yada, yada. He's like, all I can say is I'm sorry, but uh, it's got to happen. And so it happens in the main event. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment here, uh, but I'll be right back soon. Then we get a little bit of a rundown of the card for next week. We have uh, Seth Rollins uh, and uh, and Lashley kind of meet up uh, beforehand. Uh, kind of they get into a you know a scuffle, not a scuffle, like a face to face. Seth's like, "I'm the best. I'm the face of this company," and Lashley's like, "Oh, you're the face of this company." Hmm. Hmm. Because last time I checked, uh, the guy with the gold is the face of the company. He's the top of Raw, if I'm not mistaken. And I think I got some gold on my shoulder. So he's uh, kind of saying that, you know, he's the man. And to be honest, and to be fair, he is the man. Lashley's incredible, uh, and I love him very, very much. But uh, but yeah, that sets up uh, Seth Rollins versus Lashley next week. Uh, and I'm pumped as ever for it. I'm very excited to see that. Because I think they've had a couple matches... Uh, throughout the the years and stuff, but you know, Seth is pretty freaking rad at this point. Lashley's awesome in this babyface role as well. I'm uh, again really excited to see where that goes. Uh, we then move to uh, the Miz interview. They've been hyping that up a couple uh, times throughout the night. Uh, he's gonna have a little interview. So they, they go to his house and have the interview at his house. He's sitting there. The interviewer starts talking, bringing up Dexter Loomis. Miz is like, don't say his name. Not in my house. Uh, and the interviewer, very frustratingly, uh, and I totally get Miz's side here, keeps trying to put his name in there. And it's like, he just asked you not to. Fucking be nice, man. Don't, don't like stick it to the Miz. And like this kind of made this kind of put Miz in a baby face kind of position, which is really funny to see. But uh, but you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, he's still the bad baddie in this one. Um, but 
yeah, Miz kind of gets questioned about Loomis. It's not really all that much of an interview. It's like maybe one question and then, you know, things he starts getting Miz starts getting pissy. They have a uh, a what's it called? Like a a red carpet event kind of thing uh for Miz and Mrs supposedly. Um and then uh and so, you know, they try to they're trying to leave. Maurice is trying to get him to to get up and go. Um, but it's wild to see the Miz kind of portrayed in this way. He's still trying to play it up heel, but you know, when you're a family guy with, you know, your family's at risk of being like kidnapped and this random psycho is just like popping around your house, you're going to not look like a bad guy all that much here. Um, but speaking of, I just needed to need to point out that Miz is just an incredibly lucky man. He's got a beautiful little family. His kids showed up and they were like playing and plunking around on the piano. Um, and it was really sweet. And, uh, and it was just adorable that his, his little, his little babies and, uh, and his, and man, Maurice was wearing a beautiful, beautiful outfit. Um, but yeah, just, a, he's, he's got a beautiful family. He's got a successful career, man. He's, he's rolling in it. And I, you know, I admire that man truly. And he's really good at his job too. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so they kind of like, don't really have an interview. Miz ends up leaving. He walks away. He says, uh, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. And he goes and he, he opens the door for Maurice and like, that's not a bit uh, he'll move that's a baby phase move if ever i've seen it he opens the door for his wife puts her in gets in the other side he's like if you you guys gotta get out of here the guards will escort you out but once we get back i do not want to see you guys here at all and then uh they drive off um you it's nice you get to hear a little bit of the like conversation about it as well um but they they drive off and they leave and uh and then the pan the camera pans into the house and Dexter's just there. He's drawing pictures and he draws a picture of uh, Ms. and Mrs. with their daughters and stuff. It's creepy, but you got to admire the man is really talented at art. You cannot deny it. Um, but this is a really fun feud. I'm a big fan of this. This kind of it's so different from anything we've had, especially recently uh, in, in WWE. So it's a nice little like turn of pace, change of pace for uh, for the show. Um, and it adds a nice layer of, you know, storytelling that's again, different. It's different and difference always welcome in my book. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it was also really funny. This is one place I will commend Corey Graves on, uh, in his, in his commentary as well. After the, after the segment, Corey was like livid about the whole thing and, and to be fair, it makes sense. He was just like going crazy about this psychopath. It's just in the Mrs. house and no security. Nobody's trying to stop this dude. And, uh, but I guess it goes to show that if somebody's hated enough, which Ms. seems to be hated enough by pretty much everybody, uh, except Corey Graves that, uh, you know, they might not try as hard, I guess. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, after this segment is where we get the confirmation of Theory versus Kevin Owens for next week, and uh, and that's gonna be good, obviously. And then we go to our main event. Simple, easy, 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 peasy, peasy, peasy. Uh, we got Dom 
uh, versus Edge in the main event here. Uh, Dom gets some new music, a new little Titantron thing. His gear is still the same, which is unfortunate because I'd love to see him kind of explore that a little bit more and, and kind of change it up with this new character change. I don't know if that's, you know, in the works. And like the deeper he gets into the Judgment Day, the more he's going to kind of expand that into more aspects of his his uh, old life, if you will. But it's it's good for a start, and his new music is really good as well. I'm a big fan already off the off the off the top. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a really fun match. Edge comes out. They, you know, I mean, I think Edge comes out first actually. But it's a good match. Um, Dom's showing showing some really. Dom's always been really good in the ring. Generally, he's he's very talented in the ring. Um, Edge kind of goes off. He kind of does like he, he kind of feels like that grizzled, you know, dad freaking beaten, beating his son, which is terrible to say, but like he's, he looks like just like gritty and, and messy while he just like beats up this little kid to teach him his lessons and blah, 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 blah. Um, but it was, it was a nice dichotomy. Dom, you know, played chicken shit heel a little bit. He hit, uh, he had the three amigos at one point, Rhea was saving his ass so many times. She, you know, chop blocked Edge. She uh, held Dom's foot uh, when Edge was going for a, a superplex, holding him down so that he wouldn't get thrown as well. Nice little things where basically Rhea was the saving grace for Dom in this. Dom would have totally lost way earlier if Rhea wasn't there, um, which is nice and puts Rhea over really well. Um, but. We had uh, we had a really fun spear counter as well. So Edge goes for a spear, and uh, and uh, Dom kind of rolls like slips underneath, rolls it into a half crab, and kind of just puts him in like a in like a a half crab, uh, trying to tap him out. It was so fluid. Ed, uh, Edge and and Dom sold that so well together. They the the chemistry and you know coordination for that needed to be on point and it was it was really 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 awesome um uh and then uh, at some point they they do the you know the andre the giant uh rope spot where he gets tied up in the ropes they i'm so 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 glad that they did that again because it's been something i've been harping on and hoping for for a really long time because it's such a unique and uh and great plot device that you know, it's it's always there for the taking, and nobody ever uses it. And I'm so glad that uh, Triple H just brought that back, because it's it's just it's simple, and and you have like Edge kind of standing over Dom and kind of beating him, beating sense into him almost, um, while he's tied up in the ropes, and uh, and he's just like he's he's sitting there, he's all beat up and everything. And uh, and Edge is about to go for like a spear while he's in that position too, which would be which would have been so sick. But uh, of course, Rey Mysterio's got to come in and stop his son from getting beat up too much. He stops Edge from from hitting the spear. He's like, no, 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 don't hit my son, don't hit my son. And then uh, they kind of get into it a little bit, and that ends up leading to a DQ after um, after the Judgment Day come in and kind of screw him over, beat him down. And all that good stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the end. They beat him down. And then they attack Edge's leg uh, with 
uh, a chair and kind of beat him down, stomp on that. Uh, it's been, it was worked kind of throughout the match as well, so there was kind of storytelling in that. But they take him down, he smash his leg with the chair. Dom is the one that they, they like, Rhea hands him the chair to do a bunch of the the strikes on Edge's leg with the chair, which is nice, uh, a great little touch there. Um, and then in the end, they open the chair, prop it up like to, uh, about to sit on it, but uh, they then Priest holds Edge's leg on top, so it's kind of like arched and, and elevated. Uh, and then Finn Balor does a coup de grace off the top, right onto his knee, kind of like elevated like that. So it like buckles and it bends in a really gross way. Uh, it looked so painful, but really, really well, well done. This seemingly writes Edge out probably till Rumble, would be my guess. It takes him out for a while. And uh, it seems like the Rumble's going to be stacked, man. San Antonio's lucky. I'm, I've been hoping and praying for a damn Rumble in Canada for so long, but I don't know if they'll ever do it. But alas and alack, we are here. Um... But yeah, the coup de grace, uh, edges knee buckles, and uh, and it ends with a DQ, so it's a sucky finish, but it seems like, again, the Judgment Day is kind of there to be the dusty finish team. They're there to, they don't care about winning really as much as, you know, changing their opponents and impacting the, you know, the future of other opponents, kind of taking out the competition. So if there's less competition, they can rise a lot easier and a lot faster through the ranks and to the top of the, the, the division. But all in all, a really fun show. Um, I was considering giving it a, like a rating because everybody loves a good rating here and there. I think if I were to give it a rating, I would say the Gable-Johnny match was really good. The commentary kind of took away from a lot of stuff. There's some stuff that was not necessary, at least it seemed. The Seth Riddle stuff was there. I think I'd give it a B. I think I'd give it a straight up B for the ma- for the whole show in total. They're kind of repeating some matches, which uh, is to be expected. At some point, they have to do that. The Miz, Aluma stuff is fun and interesting, and I'm hoping they have a match at Extreme Rules and some wacky stipulation or something like that. But uh, but yeah. I think that, you know, I think it was a B. It was a B of a show, B minus B of a show. I think it succeeded in what it had to do, push things forward. We got new tag champs in the women's division, so that's always a bunch of fun. Uh, Love to see uh, Dakota get her first title in WWE finally, uh, and Io, you know, one step away from becoming a fully triple, like all the crown, full crowned, champion of wwe once she wins a a women's main women's title she'll do that right she's won the nxt title she's won the nxt tag titles she's won these tag titles just one more main title and she'll have won basically everything which is woof good for her man good for her she's so talented she deserves it um but yeah seems like relating to bianca versus bailey lots of things getting pushed forward nothing you know uber crazy wild for this week but a B show. Um, but yeah, that is my review of this, uh, this really fun Monday night raw. Um, triple H is doing some good work, man. I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm enjoying covering this stuff as well. 
I know not nobody really listens to it, but if you do, thank you for that. And, uh, and stay tuned. I know these aren't, you know, consistent or anything like that, but I'm trying something. I'm exploring things and I'm, I'm kind of testing the waters for different things. So if you enjoy this, uh, you know, follow my Spotify cause that's where I post most of this stuff, you know, uh, follow me at on Instagram, uh, not on Instagram, on uh, on Twitter at at the singles match, um, and uh, yeah, you know, I still don't know how to sign these off. I gotta figure that out, huh? Hmm. Well, let's just say, uh, ttyl. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. I'll see you later and talk. Uh, I'll talk to you soon like i'll I'll talk at you soon how about that t-a-t-l tattle i'm sorry i'm so sorry i'm tired it's fucking 12 o'clock at this point so i'm gonna go and sleep how about that good night goodbye and uh i hope you enjoy raw or enjoy this podcast tattle This is an outro. This is an outro. This is an outro. This is an outro. Probably a placeholder, but it's an outro. So get out of here, guys. Goodbye.